Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but so, look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this, Nair, yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah, and how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household, so anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. <laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. You can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you can have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. 
Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's been approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Well, it is now the official time to not only say welcome to the Almost Famous Podcast, but welcome back to my wonderful co-host, Ashley Iconetti, the mother, the podcast Hi. host. <laughs> and you're back earlier than I thought you'd be. Ashley, how are you holding up? I'm back earlier than anyone would probably think I'd be because it's just been kind of easy. Like, I, <laughs> it's so weird to say, yeah. Um, he has been the easiest baby and I had probably the easiest delivery you could have. So it was the whole opposite of what the nine months were for me. And of course it's easy now because I'm at my parents. So there's always somebody to hold him. Uh, Jared has been pretty much home full time. So we trade off. We're a good team. But like he only cries when he's hungry or when we're changing his diaper. He doesn't really like diaper changes. But like it's all regimented too. Like we know his schedule. It's like every two to three hours he eats during the day. That's when we change his diaper too. And he's such a good sleeper that like, yeah, we're a little tired because like we're waking up in the middle of the night. So it's not like a solid night's sleep, but he's sleeping incredibly. Uh, he like, like the other night he woke up, I went to bed, we went to bed at 11.30 and he woke up at five and then didn't wake up again until 10.30. So it's like, I'm waking up once in the middle of the night. It's not bad. Was there anything so far that you haven't been prepared, prepared for? Only good things. Like I thought that it was not going to come as naturally and instinctively. I thought like it took me like, okay, so Jared, like he was just incredibly comfortable right off the bat, changing diapers, like comforting him and all of that. And maybe it took me like three days to get in the swing of that because the first couple of days, like I am like healing and like recovering. So he took like all diaper duty and like all feeding. And I'm like, oh great. And am I going to be just like the worst mom totally dependent on my husband for this? But then like, I'm like, okay, show me how to do this. Show me how to do that. And before you know it, it's yeah, it, it just felt very natural. And it's so funny that your kid's poop doesn't gross you out. All, you know, all other kids poop would gross me out babysitting or whatnot. But like, now you just like wipe his butt and if a little poop gets on your finger, no big deal. Is that true? Yeah. It's kind of, honestly, it's kind of like your dog. Cause like, I don't know about you. You may not, you may not be there yet, but I'm grossed out by every other dog's poop, but I could still pick up Lois's and not dry heave. Yeah. 
Right now, right now, I mean, it sounds like having a puppy is harder than having dogs. I told you, you no. guys, Ben texted me like a week ago and uh, he was just like, everything is being chewed. We have to keep our eye out on everything. I think that having a puppy might be as hard as having a newborn if the newborn isn't colicky yeah. and is is as good as as Dawson has been so far. I I was going to say cuz if if there if a newborn's more difficult than a puppy, I was like I don't know how I'm going to do it because I don't get anything <laughs> done anymore. Everything yeah. is picked up off the floor. I'm watching it at all times. Um, but back to you. So Ashley, you just said mentioned that your delivery was about as easy as it could be. Can you walk everybody? Cause I haven't got to hear the story either through kind of that evening, that day, how everything's gone down. Yeah. So if you guys have like followed me on Instagram or even just like listen to this podcast, you kind of know how terrified I've been of labor and delivery, delivery my whole life. It's been something that like I knew I was probably going to have to go through if we were lucky enough to get pregnant. And <laughs> I was a fear that I was gonna have to face. And it was weird because like when it was happening, it wasn't like panic mode. It was two weeks ago today. So his he was born almost exactly two weeks ago to this recording time. And I had like, okay, so I had, I got to the doctor on Thursday of that week. And they told me that I was three inches dilated and I hadn't even known it because they like check your cervix every time you go in for your last month's appointments. And you're supposed to be 10 when you like deliver or you start pushing. So I'm like, I am three centimeters and I didn't even know it. So Jared had been up in Rhode Island that week, you know, because he had to be there for the coffee shop and there was a winter storm coming and i was like so are you telling me that jared should fly down like right now because my midwife was like he, he, you're probably gonna i'm probably gonna be seeing you in the hospital like within 24 to 48 hours and i'm like okay so <laughs> we went from the doctor's office to jared being like in the car with me within four hours which was really nice and it wasn't 48 hours but it was 72 hours i was just like watching tv in bed jared usually falls asleep like an hour or two before me turn off the tv 20 minutes into like lying there like in like the middle of like like that zone where you're falling asleep and suddenly i just like felt a cramp that was way more and i would say it was not way more intense but more intense than like the light cramping uh girls i call it like i had like little twinges of like period cramping a couple days prior but this one felt like, oh, okay, ow, that's that's a period cramp. And then I was like, okay, well, let's see if that happens again in a couple minutes. And 20 minutes later, it happened again. I was like, okay, if it happens one more time, it's time to wake Jared up. So third time, woke Jared up. It's about 1.40 a.m. And I'm like, I think it's happening. And he's like, okay, all right, uh, let's let's go. So I was, you know, I had everything kind of packed. The whole like packing your suitcase for the hospital is such an Instagram thing. You don't need anything, guys. You need a pair of sweatpants, a phone charger, like a baby's, like one baby onesie. That's it. The hospital gives you everything. Anyway, so like we pack up the little things like my toothbrush and um, 
Yeah. So we head out at like 2 a.m. How long should I make this story? <laughs> long. You should tell the yeah? whole thing. I'm, I really okay. want to hear it. Okay. So uh, 2 a.m. in the car, uh, get my midwife on the phone. She has like been with me every step of the way. She She's like the nurse at my at my OB practice. And I'm, I'm telling her that like, they're probably like 20, 10 to 20 minutes apart, you know, which sounds like a big span and it probably is, but you know, it, it happened. It went, I went from having contractions every 20 minutes to like every three minutes, super duper fast. But she was like, if you want, you could stay home a little bit longer because if they are like 10, to, you know, you, you've got probably some time. Um, well, I'm glad that I didn't wait because they ended up coming so fast. By the time I got to the hospital, which is about like 25 minutes away, I had already, I was already five centimeters dilated. So the most traumatic part for me was definitely like being in triage and like having, oh my God, I can like, this is way too TMI, but like having my cervix checked while contracting, ow, that was not pleasant. And if you watch Jared's Instagram, you would see that was when I was like, shut the hell up. <laughs> uh, then I, then so it was like about an i guess it was like two hours from my first contraction that i ended up being in the, in the delivery room and with an epidural and once that happened i was like smooth sailing uh yeah so basically from the from the time i got into the delivery room to him being born was about seven hours and honestly felt shorter than seven hours i'd say i was like in pain in the entire experience for maybe like two hours it would have been the hour that i got admitted to like the to when i got the epidural and then um there was another time where i just was like can you crank that epidural up a little bit more because i was feeling a lot of pressure but other than that like pretty easy breezy now, once the baby is born, it was something that I was super curious about. Is it an immediate, be honest, like, did you immediately feel something different towards Dawson than what you expected? Okay, so I was fully warned, and Jared kind of talked about this on Help I Suck at Dating. I was told by Lauren from 90 Day Fiance and my sister and brother-in-law that, like, sometimes you don't have that instant connection, oh my god, what a what an otherworldly experience like i saw the light because some people just like feel like they see heaven you know when they see their child it's like a spiritual experience we did not feel like that and i was like prepared for it being okay if i didn't feel like that uh, yeah so i didn't feel any guilt about that we did connect with him very quickly, though. I'd say, like, by the end of that night, we were feeling, like, pretty attached. And then, like, two days later, like, we were, like, completely in love. Uh, but, yeah, we, we were, like, obsessed with him. He's the cutest thing ever. And it's just so funny how much you can love something and care about them and want to protect them so, like, viciously <laughs> uh, so quickly. It's... We we didn't really joke, to be honest, that we weren't 
we weren't sure we were going to love the kid more than Lois. We're like, how are we going to love anything more than Lois? But like by the time we got back to the house and we saw Lois, we're like, "Mm, poor Lois. Like we definitely love this kid way more. (laughs) How's Lois handling it? (laughs) She's doing great. Honest. We're really surprised. She's doing really well. She likes to like lick his feet and like kiss him. And she tries to get too close to his mouth, but it's very sweet. Oh, this is this is wonderful. You guys are parents. Ashley, uh, is there anything else you want to share with all the listeners out there who have been kind of riding this journey out with you and Jared? And now you're entering into this whole new season. I mean, this is your moment. You are a brand new mother talking about the birth of your son. Anything else that you want to share with the listeners? I was like, so... It's funny because like I there are there are things that like you you expect along the way. I just kind of want to like tell everybody that every experience is totally different. Like my pregnancy was awful, but your pregnancy may not be awful. Your postpartum experience may be horrible, while mine has been pretty good so far. Uh so I guess like don't listen to what people tell you is going to happen because you really don't know how it's going to unfold for you. I think I was so freaked out about being a parent because people are like, Oh, just wait until then. Just wait until then. Um, you're going to be so sleep deprived and you're just like, not going to know what you're doing. And I'm like, no, this is like actually like supernatural for me. And then, um, like labor and delivery you hear so many horror stories so that you can only like think about what's gonna happen with yours but it was good so kind of just like know that you uh you're gonna have your own unique story so don't get freaked out or i guess contrastly uh encouraged by others the uh the one thing i've been wondering ashley uh, because I've experienced it recently. I have not been sleeping with the puppy in the house. Um, yeah. Anxiety. I'm worried about him. I think about him. I wake up in the yeah. middle of the night wanting to check on him. That's a puppy. And I I get it. Like, there's some similarities, but, like, not. No, there's a lot. I've been comparing a lot to our, our experience with Lois. So, you can compare. Okay. So, like, do you feel that way? Or are you, like, more relaxed? I, I don't know. No, okay. I'm crazy. Yeah. I feel psycho. <laughs> And I, I mean, like he's been fine every night and we had one incident at the very beginning of having him where he got stuck kind of in his crate in a weird way. And like, um, I came out in the middle of the night and he was stuck and he was crying and I freaked out and I haven't been the same since. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, in a few years, I hope to be a father, uh, Mm -hmm. God willing. And I'm I'm like I told Justin I was like I'm so worried about being a dad because like this is driving me psycho. Are you feeling that way at all? Yes. Okay. So as great and easy as it has been, I definitely have increased anxiety. I literally have cried about worrying about worrying. Like yeah. I'm like I'm going to have to worry about you for the rest of my life every single day about different things and different stages of your life. But like right now, I am so concerned about SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. I literally think about it like all the time. I basically like don't put him down like in like his swing or anything like that because 
I'm like, oh, great. So what if I am on the computer for five minutes? I don't look at him in the swing. And then all of a sudden, he's not breathing. So I'm constantly concerned about his breathing. Um, The other thing that I talked about a little bit on Instagram was that, like, I am so concerned over Jared's safety because I, one, love Jared more after his birth because of the way that, I mean, he's interacted and taking care of him. And I just, I'm like, I'm constantly worried. Be like, am I going to be a widow? I can't be a widow with a child. And then I'm going to be like, I just, it's, it's because I think that everything is like so good and so perfect in our lives. And how did we get so lucky? When's the shoe going to drop? So that's my main anxiety. Have you had any advice from anybody on how to handle that? Because it's not, you know, it's not, totally crazy uh it's not and all like if the whole thing's not unhealthy but parts of that are like some of it's just unrealistic some of it isn't doing anything good for you or you're like have you talked to anybody about this and if so have they shared anything with you well raven said that she's kind of having the same thing with adam okay especially the first couple weeks she was just like i was constantly worried about adam and then my mom kind of had a very similar worry mm. where she she worried that like things were too good. Um, when is it going to be over? When is something bad going to happen? Yeah. So it's not so much like that they can give advice, but like just the fact that they've gone through similar experiences make you makes you feel better. And of course, you know, my parents are like, why are you worrying about that? Enjoy the moment where mm. everything is good. I mean, it's easy yeah. to say that, of course. Yeah. Well, it def- definitely does. I mean, there's a huge power in feeling less alone. And you're not alone. I'm sure there's going to be listeners out there who have had children. Oh, I've gotten so many messages yeah. on Instagram uh, from people who had the same worries. Yeah, but it is it is a whole new season for you, Ashley. I'm, I'm so proud of you um, from a distance and so thankful that you're back. We had a, a big week here on the podcast uh, you did like six podcasts in two weeks so. yeah that yeah, was great timing for yeah. you uh to have your baby that <laughs> week. Uh-huh. you were also like those were all scheduled out pretty much yeah. and then he was like i'm gonna come 10 days early yeah which i assumed he was going to come the entire time people were like oh valentine's day baby possibly i'm like no this kid is coming at least a week early and thank goodness he did because he was eight pounds Four ounces and 22 inches. Oh my. So if he had cooked any longer, uh, way, way too big. Way different. Well, uh, we did have a great time here, and I, and I hope the listeners have listened to those and gone back. Um, yes, they were without Ashley, but we did have some great co-hosts, some great they were filling guests. so good, guys. Yeah. I listened to them, loved the interviews. Uh, well, Ashley, we're going to be talking about Dawson a ton in the next few months, years, weeks, uh, but until then, we do have an episode of The Bachelor to break down, and now you're here to do it with us. So let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to switch gears completely. I want to talk about Dawson the whole podcast, but since we can't, here we are to break down Clayton's season of The Bachelor, right here yeah. on the Almost Famous Podcast. <laughs> what keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. 
we have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. So everybody listening, we have uh, one of our favorite all-time guests on. Uh, Corinne is joining us right now. She's in the midst of a hair appointment, and she's nice enough to sit with us and chat for a few minutes and catch up on her life. Corinne, why are you at a hair appointment? Let's let's catch up on all, all these things you have going on. Oh, my God. There is so – first of all, hi, everyone. Thank hi. you for having me on. I'm so excited. You guys are my favorite. Um, I'm at my hair appointment right now because I've been traveling for the past – three weeks working on this tour. I'm going on finally this Sunday. I have pushed off this hair appointment for so long. I couldn't push it off anymore. I flew back in on the red eye to Miami this morning. I literally am running on like one hour of sleep. I look insane, but I'm here for it. What's the tour? <gasps> Corinne, what's the tour? <laughs> okay. So I'm going on tour. I'm doing Corinne Olympias live. It's going to be comedy. We're having guests. We're having musical guests. It's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. I was supposed to go on tour right before the pandemic and I sold out the Irvine improv and it was the most amazing night of my life. And then the pandemic hit like two days later and my tour was canceled and it was heartbreaking. And now I'm starting it back up again and I'm so excited. I remember you coming on the podcast right before you did the Irvine improv, you came on and, and promoted it here. And so that was a success. And then like so many things, COVID changed it. Yep. Yep. It did. And it was really, really sad. And, but now I'm back better than ever. So what's your comedy mostly about? So if you're doing stand up, what are you joking about? So my stand up is basically like, really like what you see, like saw on TV. It's very relatable stuff. There's obviously I'm going to touch on like bachelor stuff just cause like I have to, um, it's about me, my life, my family, just really just all over the place stuff. Being an influencer, stuff you guys can relate to, too. I, I think so. Can so you- then it, the musical guests, so the musical guests are mixed in and yes. and they're touring with you the whole time. How many stops, like how many places will these people be with you? So, so far we have about 11 places um all over i'm going to be releasing the dates soon um guests will be varying throughout locations um and same with the musical guests so um i do have a co-host and a interpreter that will be traveling with me at all times so it'll kind of be like we're like the set crew on stage at all times which is super fun um it also makes me less nervous having more people on stage um it's kind of more like where my first show was more straightaway stand-up, this show is going to be more of like late night talk show stand-up mix- mixture, which is cool. Cause that again, for me is the ultimate goal is to be, is to have a late night talk show at one day. So that's the goal here. Can we talk about dating and where you're in your life there? 
Oh, yes. Well, I don't know if I, if I was broken up with someone who we shall not name. Oh, okay. We shall um, not name him. Okay. Yeah. Um, yet, because, yeah, he loves the clout. So we're not going to give him any of that. Um, yeah, we broke up. I'm single. I'm dating. It's really hard. Dating is really, really hard. And I am not good at it. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate like the whole like beginning of it. You're nervous around them, the texting stuff. It's terrible. But yeah, I'm just waiting to meet my Prince Charming over here. But I honestly really love being single right now. Can you let us in on what happened um, with your previous relationship? Because you guys were together for a while. Uh, we were together for a while. And honestly, like, like, it, like I thought we were getting married for sure. But I honestly didn't even realize how unhappy I was in that relationship until it ended. And I literally thank God every day that it ended because I was miserable. Yeah. I also gained, I gained 25 pounds in that relationship. I just lost all the weight and I feel so much better. But like, it was crazy. I was so miserable in that relationship. Um, basically, um, we both went away on a trip over the weekend. And I like, to my understanding, he met someone that weekend that he was away. We came back and he was like, I'm done. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And I moved out like the next day. It was like, it all happened so quick. My life like blew up in front of my face, but like, it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me ever. He said, I met somebody on this trip. No, he didn't say it. I found out later on. He didn't say it. He actually wouldn't. He literally was like, we're done. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what ha Like, what do you mean? He, he was like, I don't need to give you an answer. I'm like, you don't need to give me an answer. Like, you've been telling me for two years that you want to marry me. Like, what are you talking about? You literally spoke to my dad about marriage. Like, what is your like, what's going on? He's like, I, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to give you an answer, which is honestly the most like effed up thing to do to someone like just tell me, like, just tell me you met someone. Like, don't make me feel like, like I did something, you know what I mean? Like it was, that was like the most emotional, like heartbreaking, like part of it is that he like refused to even tell me why. And I found out later on that he met someone that weekend. No. Do you think that? He and was now they're engaged. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that on Instagram. Um, yeah, so that was fun. That was a nice New Year's surprise. Do you think that he was possibly talking to this person while you were still together? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not one to, like, rush into something and, like, start posting them immediately on Instagram after we were so public. And I was like, everyone was like, okay, he was cheating on her. And I was like, you know what? He was cheating on me. Like, whatever. He's a fucking liar. He's a fucking fraud. He's a cheater. And he's honestly disgusting like disgusting has it changed your perspective at all on what you're looking for like did that lighten you up a little bit absolutely it did and I feel like it changed me a lot like I feel like before this I was always like when I was single I was always like I need a boyfriend I need a boyfriend like I want to date want to date like always on to the next on to the next this is the first time in my entire life that I've been single and been like I really don't feel like dating. I really don't feel like finding someone. I, wow. I'm happy with myself today. And it's cool to notice that as like a person being like, wow, this is like 
a mindset I've never had yet in my life. So this is cool to realize that I'm like at this place in my life right now. That is, it's a, that's a win. It typically, I mean, I, I feel like the more and more people we talk to have gone through breakups that typically happens when something bad happens in a relationship, but it, it hurts. And so we're sorry about that because I think last time when you were on the podcast, you were talking about how great the relationship was. And obviously that did take a big turn. Uh, but it also is exciting because you know, it didn't stop you. You're going to get back out there in the world and you're going to be touring soon. Uh, outside of this tour, what other things are you excited about that's going on in your life? Isn't your sister, uh, doing reality show? Yes. So Taylor made her debut onto reality TV. She's on awesomeness TV's, um, next influencer. Um, she definitely takes after her big sister stirring up the drama and all the fun stuff. She was amazing. I'm so proud of her. Um, my dream is to really do something reality with me and her. Cause I think that that would be incredible. Um, other stuff that's going on with me right now. I mean, I have my podcast. I'm still like doing all like the fun Corinne stuff. Um, there is some exciting stuff TV wise in the works, which I'm excited about, but I don't want to talk about cause I don't want to jinx it. You know, this business, like it could be going on one day and then the next day it could be nothing. So, but there is exciting stuff. The tour has really taken over my life because Stand-up is not easy. It's very hard and very scary. But yeah, I'm, I worked really hard on it. And like, it's going to be just a big giant party. We're having a bunch of really fun people. People are going to flip out when they hear who the guests are. And like when they come out, I don't even think my team really wants me to announce who the guests are before, but I really don't want to. I kind of want to surprise the audience because um, I think people are just going to flip. So I'm really, really excited. Um yeah. So the tour has just been taking over my life right now and everything else is kind of on pause until like, I just get this first show over with. Totally understand that. That was like, I can't think about parenthood until I go through labor and delivery because that's what I'm scared <laughs> about currently. We'll deal with the rest later. Uh, just, Oh my God. Congrats. Oh, by the thank way. You. I didn't even get to tell no, you. No, no, thank you. Uh, my last question for you, Corinne is you mentioned doing reality TV again, would you ever go back on the franchise? I, I've been getting this question a lot lately. I absolutely would. I, I like, I'm getting, I like, I, I mean, I love the franchise. I, it's like, like, of course, I don't even know what to say. Like, of course I would. Well, I would love we'd that. We'd love to see I, you back. I mean, if they'll have me, I'm there. Would you have gone on Clayton season? If they would have asked, does he seem like somebody you, you'd be into? Um, I think I would have. I mean, I'm, I, I think he's really cute and really sweet. And like, I'm like in totally in a place where like, I sh like could and should be like just putting myself out there again like that. So I definitely would have gone if they had asked me. That's I wish they would have. That would have been some great TV. You would have fit in yeah, real yeah. nice. You would have really, really done well this season, I think. Corinne. <laughs> um, this Shanae girl thinks she's like oh, all that. I would have so liked funny the two-on-one between you and Shanae. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks they could be the next Corinne. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> I'll, I just laugh. 
So uh, as we close up here, Corinne, obviously this tour is a big deal to you. For people that are really excited about it and want to see you live, uh, I know the dates will be announced. Where will they be announced? Where can people find out more information uh, if you're coming to a city near them? Um, the best place to find out all the tour information will be my Instagram, which is at C Olympias, my last name and my first letter of my first name, C Olympias. I don't know if that made sense, but um, yeah. What was the other part of the question? Just if they were hoping to see, see you and if you're going to be in a city near them, where could they find it? So it sounds like your Instagram is the best way. Yes, it is. It is. Definitely keep an eye out. Awesome. Well, best of luck with this. We're wishing you the best. Have a blast. Uh, we hope to see you on our TVs again at some point. Uh, and we hope it's like the most successful thing ever with this tour and that you come back uh, in a few months and you just tell us how everything went so well. Uh, wishing the best, Corinne. Thanks for taking uh, some time. I know you're busy. So thanks for taking some time to join us. <laughs> yes. Foils. Thank and you all. so much, guys. All right. Bye. Aww. Thank you. Bye. All right, well, let's get into this recap. Um, this episode was actually, like, pretty chock full. This is a very eventful episode. So we start out with the two-on-one. This is the weirdest two-on-one ever because, well, I guess all the girls collectively had an issue with Shanae, right? There wasn't one particular one who was after her at this point because elizabeth has been gone maybe sierra was the most vocal about not liking her but like in general it was just like all the girls couldn't stand her so it didn't really matter who was paired with her i thought with them going to niagara falls for this day it was going to be like a little bit more geographically intense like i imagined them on like a boat getting totally rained on it like you know them getting close to the falls but we didn't get anything like that and then so we get genevieve sitting there and she's just talking about she's talking about like honestly how rattled she was by getting the two-on-one that was their discussion then he sits over with shanae and she says that she's surprised that Genevieve even made it on the date because she was talking about packing her bags and being ready to leave. And she expected her to be gone in the morning and that they were going to actually have a one-on-one. Now, that was completely then, untrue, right? Like, we don't have any evidence yeah, that she said Yeah, we don't have that. any footage. Okay. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't actually know whether she said that. Maybe, you know, like, she could have, like, in passing been like i'm so like emotional like i should just leave i should just leave but not like in the sense that like she really meant it and then she starts saying that like she's an actress which is the most ironic because in the last episode shanae said um i am meryl streep where is my oscar you know i am above meryl streep so like she was self-admittedly being the the biggest actress in the house uh so she's just kind of like using her own like what she was doing herself and flipping it on the other girl um what i found bizarre about this one-on-one then let me know if you feel the same is after that conversation where it was like she's an actress um i we have like this connection he's making out with shanae he's not making out with genevieve he sits down with the two of them says point blank genevieve are you an actress (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of funny right yeah i mean at least he cut to the point yeah and then she's like 
totally taken aback. She goes, I can't, I'm so weirded out. Like why you'd say something like that. Then he walks away, says he needs a moment, comes back and everything is different. Like what happened when he walked away? Because then he goes, Shanae, I can't give you this rose. Genevieve, will you accept? Which he didn't. I don't feel like he has anything with Genevieve. No, no. I I don't see the chemistry there. I think it was. I don't think that's long term. So, uh, you know, I have three theories, Ashley, on what happened in this moment. One is Clayton already knew she wasn't an actress. And so he was asking this just to fill the space or just to validate Shanae a little bit by being like, hey, I asked her the question. And like you have, you know, she said no. And so you either lied to me or she's lying to me, but I'm going to believe her. So that's one is I don't think he ever thought that like after the weeks and weeks and weeks of Shanae causing this stuff that he could trust Shanae for, for this insight. Um, the second is this does happen where like maybe he was uh, concerned and he walked away and he talked to one of his producers. Now, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not edit. That's not manipulation. That's not. But like sometimes you he need, definitely did that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you need that like confidant, just like you would a friend. Like you walk away and you say, OK, I'm confused. Here's what's being said. You've seen it. Can you help me out at all? Like, can you give me some insight into what's going on? I wouldn't be shocked if that's what he did. Uh, I did it often. It just helps. They they know. They see. And. Sometimes the producers look at you and be like, hey, I can't help you here. And you're like, well, gosh, dang it. Like, what are you good for then? Um, and sometimes they'll say, you know what? This has gone on long enough. Here's what's happening. You've asked us the question. We want to help you. Yeah, Genevieve's not an actress. Sinead's, you know, not telling the truth. And he, so he comes no. back and he says goodbye. I bet that's what happened. Um, oh. So you think that they were like, okay, it's time. Yeah, you've seen it now. You're You're questioning it. You finally realize that, like, hey, this isn't what you thought it was. And so let's just give you the break and let you see in full what's going on. Okay. That's what I that's bet ni- happened. That's a nice little inside scoop there. And, and I think, like, even watching the show, like, that's fine, right? You would do that with your friends. If you had a red flag about a guy you were dating and you didn't know where to turn and maybe they knew this guy, like, it would be totally cool for you to, you know, ask them, hey, what do you think's going on here? And then then for them to give you their real insight. And that's kind of what the producers have to do during the show when you're the lead because you don't have any other girls, any other guys to talk to. It's it's them and you. And so finally, I think Clayton saw it and they said, let's help you out. Okay. They were like, we're done with her. Yeah. But we didn't, we didn't tell you this before because we really needed her around. <laughs> we didn't tell you this before and you never asked us before. That's another thing is like typically when I would ask a direct question like, hey, this is what I'm thinking is happening. Am I wrong or right? They would always tell me. But if I wouldn't ask them, then they wouldn't come out and just be like, hey, Ben, by the way, like you have a, you know, somebody acting a fool. Like they wouldn't just come out and tell you. You have to ask them directly. And I bet this is one of the the first times Clayton had asked. Did you do you agree with me in the fact that like I thought that this was going to be a very dramatic two on one and it really wasn't? Uh, I, I just didn't know how Shanae was. I thought the drama would only exist if Shanae stuck around. And so as soon as she kind of said, I guess going into it without knowing how the date was going to go. Yeah, you figure it is. And it had all the makings to be. But kudos to Clayton for like not believing 
some of those things and stepping in front of it and saying, hey, we're done with this. Like, this is no longer fun or healthy or funny. You've done this one too many times. It's time for you to go home. So as we've said before in this podcast, the best leads are the ones that step into controversy and drama and chaos and settle it and handle it well. I think this is a great moment for Clayton as a bachelor. I think he handled it really well. I thought he eliminated the drama. That could have been a lot of drama. And will he have more drama to come? Yes. I don't think this he's going to have a perfect slate here coming through the, the finishing couple episodes. But I thought in this moment, he really did a good job. Maybe a week or two too late, but he did a good job here. Okay, I agree with you. Definitely a week too late, week or two too late. All right, so after the two-on-one, um, there is a cocktail party, a rose ceremony. And I think, like, the standout right here was actually very annoying on, for me. It was his chemistry with Rachel. I mean, Rachel just seems to be far and beyond his favorite at this point, yeah. which is great and fine. And, like, I feel it between them. I get so annoyed at her whispering. Oh. Do you notice that? I didn't, but I'll have to pay attention now. It's like a sexy whisper. Oh. So great for those people who like that. What's that like sexual turn on with whispering? No. I forget what it's called. Yeah, you can listen to it. like it, And they also have the same thing with like eating. Yeah, I, I'm like, ugh, I hate the sound of eating and I hate the sound of whispering. Yeah, not for so, you. Bleh. Oh, it's called ASMR. Yeah, ASMR. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't notice that. I will that. look now. I will listen more now. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, we could go through and we will, you know, touch on that on Rachel and Clayton again later on the episode, I'm sure. But it is pretty obvious to me who his front runner is at this point, even above Teddy, because we haven't seen a lot of Teddy. And I mean, yeah, we got to see her this episode and it was a great date. I thought. You know, I think she's definitely still in the mix, but I think Rachel has really stepped above the group. Yeah, if I had to narrow it down right now, I'd say it was Susie, Rachel, and then Teddy. The other storyline that comes up during this cocktail party is is Mara and her insecurity because she's like not getting enough time with him. Um, she starts to like talk about being uncomfortable about like what's ahead and like who is getting the attention yeah. and if they're like worthy of the attention she's the she's the oldest in the house right she's 33 and she's showing a lot of insecurity towards sarah who's 23 and i mean a decade of difference is a is a big age gap and I remember being the same way in the house, even though it was ridiculous because I was 26. But my friend Mackenzie, who was one of like the, well, one of she was one of my best friends in the house, but she was also 22. So when she got a one-on-one -on -one and I didn't, it made me very insecure. And I was like, she has all the time in the world and I don't. So I kind of understand where Mara is coming from, but I also think she's villainizing Sarah for mm, possibly no reason besides age. Mm -hmm. We see later in the episode that, she claims that Sarah said something along the lines of not being ready to get engaged, um, saying, isn't it wild to imagine that we would be engaged after two months? Like, I don't know if I could ever do that. Uh, we'll, during the scenes of the next episode, we kind of see, a, a, we can't really figure out what's going on, but there's definitely going to be something, some heavy storyline with Sarah. Whether or not 
Amara's instincts are true or not. Did you get that vibe? I mean, I don't, the age thing I know is tough and it typically does come from the older person. Like I feel that today. I'm 32 years old. I'm not old, but I'm not young. Uh, I'm not a kid anymore. And so those things that you feel as a kid, like the world's in front of you and there's so much opportunity that exists in front of you. And that stuff is still true at some level, but it's it's not like it was. The euphoria, the dream has not died, but it just is more realistic than it was 10 years ago. I kind of know yeah. now where what's in front of me. So when you go on this show, insecurity already exists for everybody. Everybody's good looking. Everybody has something going on. Everybody's making a connection. And so, I mean, at least in my experience, there was our, our, there was insecurity just from being there. Then add on the fact that you are the oldest person in the house mm-hmm. and the youngest person in the house is getting the most attention. Yeah. I, I would say, I mean, I would assume it's more jealousy than it is yeah. insecurity. It's just yeah. this feeling of like, okay, here we go again. The world is passing me by and somebody yeah. else is getting the opportunity that I was hoping to have here because I thought this was a show for people like me. And now, do I know anything about Sarah? We don't really yet. We've seen two one-on-ones. We haven't, you know, learned a ton about if she's ready or not. She says she is. She reacts like she is. So, and if this is being said, we haven't seen it. And so I can't even speak to that. Uh, I would, uh, I'm just always a fan on this show of if you're a contestant and you're struggling with insecurity and you're struggling with jealousy or whatever it is, instead of pushing that away from you, Focus on yourself a little bit. Talk, speak to yourself. Tell Clayton, hey, I'm feeling a little insecure about being the oldest person in the house and and not knowing where this is go this goes. You know, don't start blaming everybody else. It's not a healthy way yeah. to live life. It's also not a healthy way to build a relationship because now all he remembers from their conversation is how she, you know, pretty much tried to get Sarah eliminated. Yeah. And just for one last comment on this. My gut tells me that Sarah said something casually like, man, isn't it crazy that somebody's actually going to get engaged after two months? Which and is a very fair she, comment. Yeah, a very fair comment. All right. Well, let's take a break and we will get into Teddy's one-on-one when we return. <laughs> what keeps baby skin healthy? a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. 
Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. So they go to Croatia. Looks beautiful there. Yes. And uh, Clayton says, okay, we're going to do a one-on-one right now. And he asked Teddy, who besides Amara, I think is the last girl to get a one-on-one in this group. And they have a great time just like roaming the streets. I like this casual kind of date. And then she... She previews the fact that later that night she's going to tell him about her virginity. She ends up saying that like her mom had a baby in high school and she had the pressure to not make the same mistake um, growing up. 
Uh, She felt like she had pressure to wait, but she's very much comfortable in her decision that like she's waiting for love. She's not waiting for marriage. Um, She's just looking for that emotional connection. She also says that she has never been in love before. Mm. And Clayton takes all this like really well. I mean, I think he's surprised that she's never been in love before. Um, But he's definitely not freaked out by the virginity thing at all. He isn't. He does handle it well and takes it in stride. And I thought she... Uh, I, I mean, I, I've always been impressed with Teddy. I thought she did a great job at kind of walking into the conversation, too, by mm-hmm. saying, "Here, here's where I'm actually at. Like, you know, this is where my life story is. This is why I've made this decision. She didn't try to make it this um, I'm a virgin thing. And if Me. She wasn't me, basically. I wish I, I, I was able to explain. What? I forget how you presented it, but <laughs> I felt like she didn't make it like the topic that was to be focused on. Instead, she no, made she the was to- so cool about it. Yeah, she made the story and the reasoning behind her decision the thing to be focused on. And, uh, you know, it's, it has to be a wild thing to talk about on national television. You would know, Ashley. It's just it usually su- such an intimate conversation. But important she to had have. The right, she had the right time, you mm-hmm. know? Like, she was on a nice, casual one-on-one. It was the right timing to do so. And... Obviously, I'm I'm not. I, I maybe I am a little surprised. I thought this would be a bigger storyline than I feel like it's gonna be for the rest of the season. Like I every don't other, know. but I think they've burnt out that whole "Hey, I'm a virgin" storyline. It's like oh, totally. So it's not really a thing that can be focused on anymore because it's like okay, cool. Like well, this is the decision you made. I don't know, Ben. The one thing that they haven't done with the Virgin, which there has been so many of the past seven years, is somebody losing that V card in the fantasy suite. And I really just feel like that is what they're teeing up with, mm. with them constantly saying, I was intimate with both of you. I was intimate with yeah. both of you. I mean, like, that just would oh, normally man. kind of be something that you, ass- that I think that people assume, like we've said a zillion times in this podcast. I don't think most leads sleep with all three people yeah. or, and I think a lot of them only sleep with one person and who knows, you know, who knows like the actual stats on that. But I feel like the fact that they keep saying both of you makes it, it has to be, it has to be her. I would say this. I'll give my prejudgment. If Clayton sleeps with Teddy after she clearly said, Hey, I'm waiting not necessarily towards marriage, but I'm waiting for the right guy. And then he doesn't end up with her. I feel like that was a very poor decision from him. One that I don't think I could support. Yes. Yes, I agree completely. So the group date, they like have this medieval festival, basically. Uh, This is where Mara continues to get more insecure about like her status there she ends up telling clayton at the evening portion that she feels like somebody somebody alluding very strongly towards sarah is not there seriously she's not wife material like she is she's too young she said things that make her raise a brow um and this is all going to play a role in sarah's date Um, The other thing that comes up here is just more time with Rachel. He 
she says she's falling in love with him. He's obsessed with hearing this. Again, another moment that's showing that Rachel is a serious front runner. And then the other thing that happens before Sarah's date is Susie surprises him by writing him a little note, which he receives when he gets back to his um, room that night. It says, meet me at the clock tower. I was a little like, well, kind, kind of like a Titanic reference there, you know, meet me at the clock. I wonder if she thought that or if that's just my Titanic brain here thinking it. Um, but he is so nervous going to the clock not knowing like whether he's gonna kind of get dumped what's coming at him if he's going to like the person that he sees waiting there and he is very excited so so happy to see Susie uh which again is making me feel like the 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 pecking order here is Rachel Susie Teddy they go up in the clock tower to the roof and Susie says that she basically feels like she's starting to fall for him. And he says like, that is like the most exhilarating thing. He's so happy to hear about that. So then we fast forward to the next day, which is kind of confusing because it was like nighttime. And then we went directly again into nighttime. I feel like they may have cut out the part where Sarah like Sarah's daytime portion of the date. I really do think that they did for timing wise. Maybe there wasn't anything super interesting that went down there, but we get fast forwarded supposedly or in my head to them going to dinner. And this is when Clayton brings up the fact that Mara, I don't know that he never mentions Mara by name, um, but he says that somebody in the house told him about their concerns about her her age um things that she said she gets super emotional she is very shocked she says it's the opposite of what she said she says that she can see a future with him she says that there's nothing to gain um she has nothing to gain from lying to him is totally there for him and she says that she feels like she could she she feels like she could be engaged to him after their dates and um basically he steps away for a minute she's like breaking down she says it's clear that somebody is like upset with you know like she's upset with anybody talking behind her back um kind of like making things up she says she doesn't want to lose him over a lie and then he comes back and gives her a rose uh, says he believes her and doesn't believe the accusations are true. And uh, then we get this nice little tease of her kind of walking into the suite with the girls again. And it says, to be continued. And uh, I guess next week we will see the showdown between Mara and Sarah. And we'll see if other girls can back up what Mara has said about Sarah. Well... Uh, what a great rundown with you, Ashley. But we did get the scenes from the next episode. It looks like to me, the big question is, is Sarah going to be the next villain? Like, is there going to be something that comes out as we watch where maybe she did say something? Maybe she's not ready. Maybe she's not there for the right reasons. And it maybe causes more drama than expected within the house or around Sarah. Ashley, what's your guess? Mm, I'm kind of torn. I'm kind of torn. For drama's sake, I kind of want 
Sarah to have said something and the other girls to be like, yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would make for an interesting end of the season because it sounds like we got a lot to look forward to. And that's- I think it'll be our last bit of drama before hometowns where everything just gets romantic. Yeah, and then well, and, and then, then there'll be the whole I slept with all of you. Yeah, thing. and then extra romantic, if, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Hey, uh, Ashley, what a great rundown! Again, we'll be back uh, in just a second with our resident expert who's been gone for a bit, but I'm excited to have. Oh, her back. that's me. That's yeah, still me. That's Ashley uh, doing Bachelor headlines. <laughs> It's time for Bachelor Headlines. Ashley's back to break them down. So, here's the first headline of today. And we got a couple good ones. Chriselle Staus says she was about to be announced as the Bachelorette until Ellen DeGeneres advocated for Deanna Pappas. Wow, what a story. Okay, so you guys probably know Chriselle from um, Selling Sunset which is super popular Netflix Netflix show. Uh, she also was married to Justin Hartley from This Is Us for four years. Uh, they got divorced, I think, in uh, 2019. But anyway, back in uh, the 2000s, uh, 2008-ish, she was supposedly signed on to be the next bachelorette she said that like abc had contracted her they were ready to announce her as the bachelorette and at the time she was a soap star she was on all my children so she wasn't totally random and she actually was in the abc family because all my children back then was on abc but then she blames in sort of a way in her new memoir called under construction because living my best life took a little work um which comes out tuesday she, she, yeah, she kind of blames <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres for being a proponent, an advocate for Deanna Pappas to be the Bachelorette after she was dumped by, um, by Brad Walmack in his first season when it came between her and Jenny Croft. Uh, yeah, she she says that it was because Ellen was such an advocate for Deanna being the Bachelorette that she was kicked off her spot was taken over by Deanna because the fans were really rallying around her. The network was listening. Uh, Her announcement was pulled. This is what she says verbatim in her book. She said she never got a chance to to hand out that fateful rose. I was in my mid twenties at the time and I was definitely bummed. Uh, That is, that is some shocking news. I definitely don't think it was just Ellen backing Deanna that made her the Bachelorette. I think that she was probably an obvious choice. I think Chriselle was definitely less of an obvious choice, being that she wasn't even part of the Bachelor franchise at that point. And, and, and at that point, we were only taking Bachelorettes. We were only making people who were on the Bachelor Bachelorettes. So, I don't know, Deanna seems like the obvious answer, and Chriselle seems a little less obvious, but but there you go, guys. Um, you could have had Chriselle Staus be a bachelorette at one point. You know, maybe they should stun cast her now for the next season. It's not too late. She's 40. I believe she is uh, newly single, and maybe we need somebody with more of a celebrity status to be the lead next season to get these ratings up. We'll see. Interesting to hear. But 
we know how it played out now. And who knows how it would have played out if Chriselle was the Bachelorette. Well, next headline is this. Bachelor alum Hannah Ann cheers on boyfriend Jake Funk, recently announced, as Rams play in Super Bowl. Yesterday was the first time Hannah Ann posted anything about her and Jake. She posted the two of them kissing, it looked like, in um, a hotel room before he took the field in the Super Bowl, which is pretty good. She said, good luck, kiss. Uh, There have been rumors over the past couple weeks that they have been dating. And then today she posted um, a, a reel on Instagram of the two of them celebrating on the field after the game during the trophy ceremony. So that's pretty cool. Congrats to Jake for winning the Super Bowl and Hannah Ann for being in what seems like a very loving, happy relationship. She seems super happy. Well, yeah. uh, next headline is Bachelor's Matt James. I was here for this. Drills Photog with horrific tee shot at Pro-Am golf event in Phoenix. It's the Waste Management Whoa. Open. If you were there, tell us what happened. Uh, I mean, he just drilled him. Like, I mean, Matt, Matt's not a golfer. Uh, he was doing, like, a celebrity shot. When you mean drill, does that mean you like, hit? he hit him? Oh, hit him hard. Oh, yeah. It says that he nearly hit the guy in the balls. He did. No, he, he so first swing... He chunk he he totally whiffs it, hits about two feet behind the ball, gets up again, swings again, toes it right into the photographer sitting in front of him. Like these photographers oh, no. had no fear that they were gonna get hit because they're like five yards in front and ten yards to the right of the guys teeing off. And Matt found a way and drilled him. Uh it kind of went viral. Uh, I don't know if Matt will be playing much golf publicly anymore after this moment, but he did feel bad. He ran over and apologized to the guy after hitting him. He did. He felt bad. He said, this is a little strange. He goes, I'm going to sign this ball for him, and then I'm going to take him to dinner. Like, I don't know if that guy cares about you signing a ball. Yeah, I don't know how much. Uh... <laughs> but he does. He also said, I felt bad. I felt it. Next year, I'm wearing a cup. That's what the photog said. Yeah, he well, felt bad. He did. He 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 got he got hit. You can watch the video. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much a bachelor signature sells for. I'm doubting it's enough to make up for uh, getting hit by a golf ball. But a dinner would be nice. Maybe just give him a gift card. Let him take his wife out. I don't know. Um, well, the Bachelor in Paradise's Marissa Gunn says she's feeling better than ever. Big comment after Riley Christian split. Yeah, she goes, I'm back, baby, feeling better than ever. I know we're already in the month of February, but this year I've decided to focus on me, put me first. Says that the past few months haven't been easy, um, but let me tell you, today I feel amazing. She's taking time to heal at her own pace. It's the best thing she could do. She said she would not be anywhere without the amazing support system that she has, um, and she's thanking everybody who helped her through. Well, uh, a headline that happened about, I don't know, a month ago. It was kind of perpetuated by the media. Amanda Klutz, who's one of America's favorites right now, addresses those Michael A. rumors from The Bachelor. Obviously, they were seen like taking a picture together. They look really cute. They well, did. she now speaks out on it. She said if they were dating, um, she told E! News this, We wouldn't be, like, snapping pictures and posing it, okay? She said, but she isn't mad about the rumor. She goes, I know it comes from all from a good place. Yeah. Um, But 
you know, it, it's it's not happening. She hasn't, you know, she's been he's been a great support system online, um, and all the fans just want to see them like succeed in life and find love again. So it's been really sweet to like kind of have the fans want them be together, but again, um, that they wouldn't be posting the love if uh, it was romantic. I uh, I was kind of hoping that maybe they give it a shot. I'll I know, be honest. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is disappointing. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, it would been nice. They look cute together, but also nice people. Nice people should get together. Well, Ashley, it has been great having you back. This has been uh, the first episode of the Almost Famous podcast with Ashley as a co-host, as a mother. Uh, thank you for telling us all about your journey and experience. We'll talk a ton about Dawson coming up, um, but it is nice to have you here. Thank you. It's nice to be back. Well, with that, uh, this time, for the last couple weeks, I've had to say, hey, just follow my lead. But this time, Ashley knows how to do this. Uh, <laughs> she won't mess it up. But this has been another episode of Almost Famous Podcast. We've been breaking down Clayton's season of The Bachelor. And what a season it is. Ratings are way down. Way down. But we're going to still yeah. be here to break it down every week. Yeah, thank week. you guys for listening to us. Yeah, that's a big deal. And, uh, and we appreciate it. Well... Anyways, uh, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. Toodaloo. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.